welcome to Ill-Equipped History, where two best friends who are woefully unqualified to talk about history do it anyway. I am joined by my lovely, beautiful, perfect co-host, Morgan. Hello, hello. <laughs> and how you doing today? I'm good. I got a fresh cup of tea and I'm ready to learn some history. History tea. Sorry, that didn't... <laughs> history tea. <laughs> I think it's Thank funny. Thank you. <laughs> that was not good, but I appreciate it. Might it. Just be the, <laughs> it might just be the two of us who think it's funny, but who cares? <laughs> who cares what anyone else thinks? <laughs> exactly. And if I sound a little, um, uh, what's the word, gravelly today, it's because I decided uh, spending the morning canoeing yesterday was going to be a good idea, and my sinuses say that I should regret it. So, I had a good time, but I'm snotty. So, bear with me, guys. All right, let's get into let's it. Let's do it. It's 16:28 in the Stockholm Harbor in Sweden. Sailors are waving goodbye to a group of people who have gathered at the harbor to see the brand new ship leave for her maiden voyage. Two of the sailors, Abso and Spin, begin to talk about the journey ahead of them. We just left and I'm already wanting a beer. Abso, my friend, I think it might be that you're still hungover from last night. Don't act like you're not either, Spin. Maybe this war will end sooner than expected and we can all come back faster. Honestly, the faster we get back, the better. After about 15 minutes, the captain yells out for everyone to man their stations as the crowd becomes smaller by distance. Just at that moment, the wind barely kicks up and the whole ship begins to list to one side dramatically. Hold on, Ben. Something doesn't feel oh, right. Turn the wheel, man. Quick, grab the mast. No, over here! Everyone, grab on! She's going down! Oh, I'm gonna die! Oh, no! Oh, no! The men hold on to the side railing of the ship as the captain tries to ride her, but it's too late. The ship is going down. In a matter of a few minutes, the men are swimming to shore, where the crowd, who had watched the entire scene unfold, Help them onto shore. <sighs> so, Abso, are you ready to get that beer? More than ever, man. More than ever. Oh, no. <laughs> you really like sinking so ships, don't you? <laughs> Apparently, love a good sunk ship. The boats ship. call to you. <laughs> it calls From the ocean. <laughs> I just want to be one with the ocean, but maybe not in sunken ship Go form. to the I don't boat know why. in the ocean. That's where you belong. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Obviously, isn't that what we've been trying to do? We do own like four you do, boats in this you do. House, Honestly, so. like it's bound to happen one of these days. It truly statistically is. speaking, it truly is. statistically, Nick has flipped the sea to a few times. So. Close enough. <laughs> Close enough. Okay, 
So back to 1628 ship. Do you know what ship I'm talking Not about? Not a clue. Well, I didn't either until Nick sent me that little Facebook reel and I was like, yep, found my next topic. <laughs> it is the Vasa or Vasa is kind of more of how they say okay. it. So before I'm going to get into like what happened, why it was built the way it was built. And then we'll get into the day of the sinking. But this ship literally sank within 20 minutes. Of leaving the harbor. <laughs> Honestly, like, from what that skit, like, talked about, it's a good thing because the men were able, they didn't drown. You know, they were able to go back to shore. Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> most, yeah. I mean, most of them just were like, <laughs> swimming back. <laughs> okay. All right. So, pre- Vasa history. What events led to the building of the Vasa? I have my titles again. I love your titles. (laughs) Very organized. So there was a war going on between Sweden and Poland. Lithuania? I think that's right. Lithuania? Good job. Yeah. Um, Thank you. I'm not always too Appalachian. Anyway. Um... (laughs) Between uh, 1921 and 1929, there was a war going on. Uh, On January 16th, King Gustav Adolf, and one source said Gustavus Adolphus. And I don't know exactly which one is correct. One's definitely fancier. But, yeah, (laughs) so I might, I like Adolphus. It makes me think of a dolphin. (laughs) Um, <laughs> with great but porpoise. on January 16th <laughs> sorry <laughs> that, should, that shouldn't be as funny as it is <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't mean to derail you <laughs> I am honestly so easy to derail though okay so January 16th, 1625, so a couple years into this war, King Adolphus um, of Sweden had um, his admiral, Admiral Fleming, signed a contract for four ships to be built by Stockholm's shipbuilders, Hendrik and Arend Hybertson, over the course of four years. So in four years, they're going to build four ships, two of which were smaller Roughly, you know, one was eight, 108 keel length for those two. And then the bigger two were going to be about 135 feet. Okay. Um, keel length. But because war is chaos sometimes, mm-hmm. the king changed his orders several times. So from the beginning, it was already kind of chaos from them building this, these boats. These shipbuilders were private shipbuilders, and they were used to making traditional boats, and which means they had like a certain way of doing things, and you know they didn't need a lot of plans. They didn't need to draw out blueprints and stuff like that because they they were making specific ships, and they just knew what they were mm-hmm. doing. So. 
on September the 10th of 1625. So, you know, what, eight months later? The king lost 10 ships that oh, day. Man. Which is, a that's a big chunk out of a fleet in, in that time mm-hmm. frame. So, he was in desperate need for more ships to be built. So, he demanded that those shipbuilders... Make just make the smaller two faster. I need them right now because he was low on ships. Well, then, then he got word that the Danish king was making a ship with two gun decks as opposed to his that only had one gun deck. Oh man. So, what do you think? What do you think a reasonable king would do? Um, three gun decks. (laughs) Three gun decks. No. He was like, well, I want a ship with two gun decks. <laughs> and the the private builders were like, bro, we don't know how to make a ship with two gun decks. And now you're rushing us to make a ship with two gun decks. So they're like, you know what? We'll just do what we do best. Wing it. Because that is, we'll just that's the it. best thing to do when making a boat. Yeah. I mean, it got me through college. I don't think it's a good way. Did you build a boat in college? <laughs> no. <laughs> I built a chocolate fish once. But... You know what? That's very impressive. <laughs> <laughs> and I was winging that too. <laughs> but my chocolate fish didn't have to float with two gun decks. <laughs> you need to take your degree right back, Missy. <laughs> My whole culinary degree. Just get it out of here. Your fish didn't float. With two gun decks. Which they're not... They're not supposed to, by the way. What? It's only if they're dead. What? What are you talking about? I like my chocolate fish alive, thank you. What? Okay. Enough of chocolate fish. Um... So, the king was like, "I want two. I want two gun decks on one of on at least I think one of his ships." Um, and again, they don't they don't draw out the blueprints or do anything like mm-hmm. that. So when when they were trying to figure out how to make this big ass boat with two gun decks, they were like, "Well, we'll just take the dimensions." Of the 108-foot boat, just make it bigger. In theory, that should work. Yeah, isn't that like a law in math? Like, transposing... I have no idea. Don't listen to me. I'm I'm not good at math. But, again, they were rushed. Mm -hmm. They were... They didn't really have clear specifications. They didn't really draw this out. You know what I'm imagining is that... (laughs) Um, <laughs> this is really stupid, but like, they're like, let's just make the boat bigger. And like, everything just gets proportionally bigger along with the rest of the boat. Like the, the captain's wheel, like is too tall for anyone to reach it because it also just got bigger. <laughs> Sorry, that was just a really stupid. The, the, no, the doors, the doors going into like the, the rooms inside. <laughs> 
<laughs> the stairs are like three feet tall. <laughs> Just make it bigger. <laughs> All right, boss, we're making it bigger. <laughs> Sorry. This just proves we don't need to be building boats. <laughs> no one asked us to make a boat. <laughs> it will sink immediately. <laughs> like the Vasa. <laughs> it was our ancestors building this boat. <laughs> okay. So anyway, the, the boat is anyway, bigger. Scaled yep. up. Um... During building, they realized that the width at the top of the boat was one foot and five inches wider than they had originally planned. So now the top of the boat is getting to be a little too wide because, again, they're winging it. They're just kind of making it as they go. And another tragedy strikes. Henrik Hybertson, the main designer of the ship, fell ill and died in 1627. A year before the Vasa set sail. Oh my gosh. Oh no. So by the time that this boat was being completed, there were five different teams working on it and had no communication. They were just fucking about. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Building whatever they thought was right. Now, I will state it is a gorgeous Mm -hmm. ship. And Morgan, if you scroll all the way down, I know you've got probably still have it pulled up, but there is a. Oh, yeah. There's pictures. I know I might be skipping it a little bit, but if you go all the way to the, you know, the last two, that's it restored. It's a beautiful ship. Yeah, that is beautiful. Look at all the intricate details. Are those people? Yeah. Yeah. And I'll get into those in a second. So, um, so a little bit more of the ship's stats and issues. It was a Swedish warship ship, and it was built between 1626 and 1628. Okay. So, let's see, 1625. So, yeah, a, a year after the contract was signed, they started the Vasa. Um, it was a flat carrier in the Swedish Royal Navy. It was 60 meters long, 50 meters tall. So, for us American listeners, it's... So it's 196 feet long. Okay. As opposed, so it's um, nearly 90 feet longer than the original plane. Okay. And it's 164 feet tall. So if you could imagine, this thing is long and really yeah. tall. Super and it tall. looks like it's not very wide. Like just from the pictures. It's not. It's not. It's very tall and skinny. They definitely didn't make it wide enough. Mm -hmm. Um, It was too narrow and too tall. And it was the most powerfully armed vessel in the world at the time of its completion. Wow. It was mostly armed with bronze cannons. How heavy would those bronze cannons be? Oh, gosh. And those bronze cannons were specifically made for the Vasa. And it was highly decorated mm-hmm. and seen as a symbol of the king's ambitions for Sweden and for himself. So it's covered in elaborate carvings that depicted the king, his family, the religion. All. So that's why it's so intricately designed. Because it was, it was basically a, a very heavily armed flagship. But the problem with that is that the two gun decks 
with all these bronze cannons and all the fancy decorations and all that stuff made it very top heavy. Mm-hmm. Very top heavy. So, and it honestly, it looks like, and I, I'm not a big, I don't know a lot about boats, but I guess I think the keel is the part that's under the water. Is that right? Yeah. There's yeah. not a lot of keel to this boat. So you're already missing like the part that would give yeah. you balance in the water. Right. Right. And though what I saw, and I should have sent you a, a picture of this too, but one of the sources I saw had a dim had it demonstrated where the center of gravity mm-hmm. was. And on bigger ships, you want that center of gravity to be low in the water, which makes complete right. sense. I mean, even if you take something really heavy and you're like, oh, this will weigh the boat down. You don't want to put that heavy thing on the top. No. You want to put that heavy thing inside on the bottom to keep it from rocking over. I mean, it's a, what were those things? The weeble wobbles? They, they were top heavy, but they had enough. Well, no, they were bottom heavy. So they always stood right, up exactly. again. It's like a ballast. Right. So, yeah, exactly. So before the main voyage, so <laughs> testing methods to check for stability weren't really created yet. They were very limited mm-hmm. in that they could they couldn't exactly test the center of gravity accurately and most captains which this is so stressful to me just trial and error to learn the best way to sail specific ships they're like oh well this old girl doesn't like it when you turn this way too hard that's exactly what you want to do when it takes multiple years to build a ship (laughs) yeah and you've got a couple hundred people on a boat Mm -hmm that you're responsible for, you're just, again, winging it. Why? Don't wing it with boats. don't do it. (laughs) They did do one one test, and it's referred to as a lurch test, where 30 men ran from one side of the boat to the other, side to side, not front Mm -hmm. to back, in the harbor. They were just sitting in the harbor to test how wobbly it was. They had to stop... After three rounds of this test. So just running back and forth three times. Mm. Because it was about to flip over in the damn yeah. harbor. Just sitting there. And I'm sure there. The, the king or what I was like, um, just don't do that <laughs> when you're sailing. Even worse. <laughs> okay, for one, no one had any idea on how to stabilize it. And they could have. And I'll say they could have added more weight in the Mm -hmm. bottom. But the problem was, is the original design didn't take into account a second layer of cannon deck. So now you have holes in the, in the lower side and you can see those in the picture. If you put too much weight in the bottom of it, now your cannon ports, your cannon ports are water yeah, level. No bueno for and a boat. All, <laughs> no. And it already had 120 tons of weight in the bottom and would need twice that to stabilize oh, man. it. So they couldn't do that. The cannon ports were too yeah. low. But the king was impatient and wanted to take her, you know, as soon as possible. Like, is she done? I need her to mm-hmm. go. But no one had the fucking balls to tell the king that it had problems. No one was going to be like, 
oh, buddy, maybe you shouldn't. I, I think it needs to stay in harbor just a little bit until we yeah, figure out what to do. I think the kings in history need to be kinder so people can tell them, you know, hey. The truth? Like, this thing is happening. <laughs> I don't want to get murdered yeah. to tell you something that's a, that's a fact because that pisses you off. So can I just, like, can we just, like, work something out, you know? Yeah. Look, I'm just the messenger. Uh, this These are the list of problems. I will fix them, but I cannot fix them tomorrow. Right. Like, can you please? So the sinking the day. Now, one one source said August 11th, 1628, but most of them said August 10th. Okay. So I'm going with August 10th, but I just wanted to put it out there in the world that one of them said the 11th. Okay. Um, the king was like, the Vasa has to go to Poland right this second. It's going. So, by God, people get on the mm -hmm. boat. And she left harbor, like in our skit. People were watching this happen. She only went 1,300 meters, or 0.8 miles. For reference, because I looked mm -hmm. it up. And this, this is a little nugget for you. I know nobody else is going to know where this is. But... The distance between my parents' house and Corey's parents' house is 4.2 miles. It couldn't even go the distance that we used to drive as teenagers. <laughs> wow. Like it, wow. It couldn't even make it to Corey's house. <laughs> not even halfway. Like, not even, not even, not even a, a quarter, quarter of the way. Of the way. <laughs> <laughs> it, it made it to the greenhouse. I was about I guess. to say, it probably made it to like that like first big turn in the road. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, so what knocked it over? What happened was that a wind only a little stronger than a breeze came through. And because this was such a grand exit for this boat, all the gun ports were open, mm -hmm. even the lower mm -hmm. ones. And <laughs> when the wind blew, and I would like to point out that it was said that the wind was so light that they raised the sails by hand and it only took one person to hold the sheets wow. out. But that was enough for it to tip over just enough for those cannon ports to start filling with water and down she went. <laughs> Literally the moment that Mother Earth was like... <sighs> and I just... Like a little, <laughs> <laughs> and I, um, my child brain is just like imagine. Like, I'm sure most people have played with water and like toys in the mm -hmm. water, and like when you something submerges and it goes gushunk. Like that's the sound effect that I'm imagining. That's <laughs> the <laughs> ship just gushunk. <laughs> yeah, they were only 120 meters from the shore when it sank. So I guess they were kind of following the shoreline a yeah. little bit and people like, they just like swam to shore probably did make the kerplunk <laughs> sound. Um, unfortunately 30 to 53 people did go down with oh, the ship. No. There were conflicting numbers. One said 30, one said 53. My heart wants to say 30. Yeah. Were they but, like inside when um, it went down? Do you know? More okay. than likely. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I'll talk about it more later, but when they 
raised it, they they found some stuff, some evidence. And the funny thing is, is that when you think of a shipwreck, you think we're in the murky waters where, you know, it's down deep in there. The harbor is relatively shallow and it only sat 32 meters or 105 feet below the surface. The ship is 162 (laughs) feet tall. The masts were sticking out of the water. So it was upright in the water? (laughs) For the most part, yeah. I mean, but it it did say that the masts and stuff were sticking out of the water. For reference, just for reference, because I love a good reference. And this is giving me, like, the anxiety because the Titanic is 4,000 meters below the surface or 13,000 feet below the surface. I just got, like, a bad chill in my back. And, um, yeah. (laughs) That was just a really funny noise that you had made. (laughs) I make noises when I'm stressed. I'm sorry. Uh, um, and the captain survived. Okay. And he was immediately jailed for incompetence. And was later released and all charges Good, dropped. Because that's not his fault. Yeah, because... No, because the Swedish Privy Council was organized to find the people responsible for the terrible design. But I guess the main one had already died. Yeah. And nothing else was found, and no one was punished. Well, so they were just and like. And again, it's not like I wouldn't even say it's the builder's fault because they had a design, and the king ordered them to stray from the design, right? And didn't and didn't give them time to like come up with the new design. <laughs> no, no, because he needed that two gun deck boat right now. I mean, like, and I don't know, so I'm looking at a picture of the ship. I don't know how far below, like, so there's people on the ground looking at it. It looks like it goes a mm-hmm. little bit below what that ground is. But it's still, like, the bottom row of the cannon port still look like they're not even halfway up the side of the ship. They're not. Honestly, they're not. I think they're... I am I am jumping ahead just a little bit so you can see. If you go second picture down, you can see the back of the ship and kind of exactly where the end oh, okay, of it is. I see, yeah. And that's when they raced it, immediately raced it out of the okay. water. So, no, that second gun port. But by the time you really set it in the water correctly, it it really, those gun ports are not going to... Be that high off the water if it lists just a little bit. I mean, think about it. 30 men were able to run from one side to the other, and they were worried it was going to... Flip, yeah. Like, flip over. And this is actually being held up out of Mm -hmm. the water a little bit by these um, metal rods, it looks like. So that's probably sitting even more out of the water than it Mm -hmm. would. If I had to guess, they probably put the boat in the museum... Probably close to waterline. That would make the most logical sense. That does make sense, yeah. I don't know if that's true, but that makes sense Mm -hmm. to me. Okay, so no one got charged. But what are they going to do now? They just spent years on this boat, building this boat. It's so intricate. It was supposed to be a flagship. All these cannons are lost. It never even got used. 
So they immediately, they're like, well, we can freaking see it. Mm -hmm. We're going to bring it back up out of the water and fix it. But unfortunately, they didn't have the technology in 1628 to be able to bring a yeah, boat Yeah, you like can't that. just drag it out of the water. Like, water is no. heavy. <laughs> Water's heavy. I'm sure there was already mud getting well, up in there. Well, you said it was 128 tons, right? Like, the ship was... Uh, of weight yeah. added to the boat for stability. So that's not even including wow. the boat's weight. It's just the weight that was in the boat to make yeah. it like in the bottom. Yeah, of the I don't boat. know how you're going to lift that up in 16, 20, no, eight, eight. Yeah. They, they definitely didn't have the technology. So they did the next best thing. They took everything off of it that they could. I don't know how the hell they did that. I'm sure they probably dove down there and tied ropes to it, whatever, but they got most of the cannons off what they could. And then the ships left to, deteriorate mm -hmm. pretty much and is pretty much forgotten i'm sure over the years you know there'd probably be someone say oh well there's an old ship in that harbor but no one could really figure out exactly where it was they forgot the exact location okay and so i i so, assume the masts fell at some point or rotted away yeah yeah yep um and i'll get into okay. why so when you look in the pictures down here of them, like, pulling it up, you see that, like, a lot of the upper deck and stuff had kind of just collapsed mm -hmm. in on itself. Um, and that's because, well, I'll back up just a little bit. So, it was rediscovered in 1956 by Anders Franzen a Swedish marine technician and amateur naval archaeologist. So he found it. It wasn't until 1961 um, that they were able to pull it up out of the water. The moment they found it, they were like, we're bringing this up out of the water. And this is an incredible shipwreck because of where it sank. The chemical composition of the waters at the Stockholm Harbor are very, very low in oxygen, which means bacteria can't grow. Mm -hmm. The oxygen can't get to the water. Plus it's super salty and it actually kept the wood from rotting. I'm sure it's really cold too. It is. Yeah, it is. So after all the mud and the water was pumped out of it, I guess they were able to, you know, pump it out and it's slow. It floated. Wow. They just sealed up the gun ports, pumped all the water and stuff out of it, and up That's she came. amazing. And honestly, I was going to say, because, like, looking at these pictures, like, I guess the first and second pictures, mm -hmm. like, you can tell it's a boat. And it's from, let's see, it was pulled up in 1961, you said? So yeah. It was 330 years under That's the water. crazy. Yeah, and wood typically doesn't last yeah. that long in that condition. Mm -mm. Nope. 90% of its wood and artifacts were still wow. intact. 90%. That's amazing. And only the outer few centimeters of the wood itself was damaged. Wow. So it was going to take centuries for it to rot under there. Um, but... The mast and stuff fell mm -hmm. because 
almost all of the 5,000 iron fastenings eroded. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because, you know, so it, it preserved the wood. It eroded the, the, fa- the iron fastenings. So what they did to preserve it, and this is what really brought me into this, because the reel that Nick sent me explained this really well. They, when they brought it out of the water, they realized that the oxygen was rapidly um, deteriorating Mm -hmm. it. So they put steel bolts where those fastenings had been, Mm -hmm. put it back together. They um, took it to a museum called the, and I'm so sorry if I get this wrong, the W's and the V's are backwards. Right? I think so. So it would be Vasa Waret. Vasa Waret. Or in English, the Vasa Shipyard. Okay. If I said that wrong, please, please correct me. So they, they sprayed it with a water-soluble wax. And they did that for 17 years. So they just encased it. They just got in there and just sprayed everything with a wax and just, like, kept the air out mm-hmm. of it. And like I said, they added steel bolts, reconstructed it out of the original wood, and then they installed a support cradle under the ship. And after 17 years of being at the Vasa shipyard, they built its own museum that they put it in, and they were able to reduce the humidity from 95% to 60% to preserve mm-hmm. it. So like in those pictures, you can just walk up. I mean, they're not going to let you touch right. it, obviously. But it's not like in its own case or anything. It's like the whole building is is a display That's case. really cool. Yeah. And if you go down, you can see them building um, the two... And guys, I am putting this on Instagram. So when you're listening to this, definitely open Instagram, open the Facebook group. Um, but if you go down to like the third and fourth mm-hmm. pictures, you can see them spraying. Okay. That's that wax they're okay. spraying. And then they're building the cradle underneath it. Okay. I see. Yeah. Yeah. It's really fascinating. I love good preservation. Yes. And you could tell they are taking such good care of the ship. And even though that it was a, you know, seen as a failure at the time, it really does give us a lot of insights as to life in Sweden during that time. And they found some really interesting things on the boat. I mean, partially preserved human remains. Oh, wow. 17 to 20 skeletons were found. Some still had, some still had fingernails (gasps) and hair. I know. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that... I, but uh, I know an amazing find and some, and I highly suggest people doing this, going and looking at some of the resources that I looked at. One of them was able to reconstruct some of these people's faces wow. with the technology that we have now. It is fascinating. Um, they actually found remains of women and children on this boat, which is Insane to think about. This is a warship. This is a war right. flagship. But that just means that during the time um, of maybe non-war 
or or non-violence. I don't know what would happen if you're just kind of out there and like during peace time, a battle starts or whatever. Okay. But these sailors would bring their wives and children. That's with crazy. Them. Insane. I mean, Nick would be living his best life growing up on a ship, but (laughs) they also found clothing, weapons, cannons, tools, coins, cutlery, food, drink, and six of the ten sails. Wow. The fabric. I mean, just the thought of all that fabric and the weapons. I mean, we're talking fishing rods and probably, I don't know, Guns, spears. I mean, they got cannons, tools. They were finding coins, everything. Food and drink. That's... It's just preserved. That's completely bonkers. Like, it's so hard to wrap my brain around. I know. I know. And, and like, like I said before, it was, like, a total failure at the time. But without the ship, think of all that we wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. And I think some things in history end up happening and it's a catastrophe, but we get to learn from it in the future. And I think that is so cool. That is really cool. Thank you for sharing this. I've never heard of this. You're welcome. I hadn't either. And I was like, ooh. You know, it's really funny. So my next episode that is going to be released next week also is with it starts the story starts within this century that you're talking about and it involves ships so we are one (laughs) we have the same brain (laughs) guys i hope you're ready for two ship episodes we really like we like boats (laughs) we like boats (laughs) <laughs> I like boats. We both grew up on boats, so um, it's always going to circle back to boats. <laughs> yeah, we would live live our lives on boats if we could. I mean, honestly, my grandparents want to live on a houseboat and, like, travel around the world on their houseboat. Well, we've got that sailboat now. Neither of us know how to sail, but it's got a cabin on the inside. So when we figure it out, if anybody knows how to sail, please come teach me. Um, but because I want to use it, it's in the pole barn, but we don't know how to use it. So, uh, it's got, yeah, we're, we're working. It's got a little, it's got a head and a, and a bed, which is weird because the toilet's at your feet. So I'm going to have to get over that one. (laughs) Ooh, I don't know how I I feel about that. But there's a kitchen and a little, little table That's really cool. Once y'all get that cool. up and going, y'all will have to invite me on your sailboat. Yeah. Yes, but let's make sure. I don't want to wing it and then us end up no, like the no, boss. No, don't wing it. Don't. We're not winging it. Do not it. wing the boats. <laughs> <laughs> don't wing boats. Um, yeah, I have my boater's license, but I don't think that carries over into sailing very much. It's a little complicated of a beast. <laughs> um, before we go, I would like to say that We're big proponents on going and seeing history in person. If you can, if you're ever in the area of Sweden, (laughs) um, not even going to try to pronounce it. (laughs) 
It's, I mean, it is just called the Sweet, the Vasa Museum. Okay. I don't know exactly what town okay. it's in, but apparently it is like right on the river as well because they had to float mm. it into the, so they built like a little canal and they floated it into the building, which is really interesting. And then they built a building. If you want to learn it, more, right? yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> they built like a little box. To keep it safe while they built the building and then they put the box in the building and then they deconstructed the box. <laughs> it was wild. Um, definitely, I will post the link to the museum in, uh, you know, the show notes. So if you're ever, if, you know, if we have any listeners in Sweden that haven't gone, go. If you're ever in Sweden, go. If you, if you just want to get on their website and... I don't know, donate some money. Like it takes a lot of money to preserve things like mm -hmm. this. And they have really cool pictures. And I didn't even remotely get into all the things that they've done to preserve mm -hmm. it. I just knew we weren't going to have time for all that. But there, there are ongoing processes. If you're really into science, they're studying the chemical composition of the wood now a lot of sulfur has gotten into the wood so they're really seeing how best to preserve it in the future check it out look at it if you can go go if you can't just look at the website it's the next best thing you know check out the instagram with the pictures and it's it's fascinating and it's worth looking at so well thank you thank you for that yeah. plug You're we'll welcome. definitely check out this website when we're done recording Yay. All right. Well, uh, if you want to hear more stuff like this, if you hated it, then sorry, we're still going to do more ship <laughs> stuff. Um, <laughs> check out our Instagram at ill-equipped history, um, our Facebook group, ill-equipped history podcast. You can email us at ill-equipped history, no spaces, dashes. Well, obviously no spaces, no dashes, anything like that. It's illiquidhistory at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week with another ship story, apparently. It's, cl it's close. Not quite a ship story, but. <laughs> okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> okay, bye. And don't wing ships. Don't wing ships. <laughs> <laughs>